This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's UnderdogFantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 8778 Hope and Y. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 116. Today is Thursday, September 7th. We got fun show ahead, uh, you know, keeping it loose, and we are going to keep the spirit of accountability, which we love to do here. Talking about our recent calls in mid-July when we looked at rest of season players and this was one of those shows Steve we did a couple of them with is it legit hitter edition pitcher edition and it's one of those where we said we'll have to come back and look at how this is later this season see if some of these predictions were right or wrong and I think it's a, a fun topic because again down in this time of year you can kind of lose track of who's doing what but these were the guys about six eight weeks ago that we were kind of circling saying keep an eye on what they do the rest of the way we'll have to reevaluate it things like that so it's kind of looking at a lot of those question marks and grading how they've done and also in a way grading how we've done on making recommendations here so thank you all for joining us as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Wins Above Pod. I'm at Van underscore Verified. Steve is at Stav8818. Steve, good to see you, man. Late in the game. Uh, it's going to be a fun show, though. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I think uh, something that distinguishes us from all the other fantasy baseball shows out there, not that there's anything wrong with them, but I think we try to be more actionable rather than reactionary and recapping what happened. We try to give... Okay, here are some guys that we like and that you should add. And we always sort of say that we need to go back and look and see how those picks are. And I'm glad we're doing a show that that, that is looking back and seeing, okay, this suggestion was good. This one wasn't as good. Um, what was our process here that made this the right call? What was our process here that made this the wrong call? So um, cool to do this, and I think it will help us get better at this sort of stuff. And I think it's fun to sort of look back to. Um, it's, it's, you know, I know people joke about taking victory laps, but it is cool to, to look back and say, oh, wow, that was a great recommendation. I know it's sort of worthless if you, if you do this and you put it out there and you're constantly wrong. Um, there's no value in that. So you, you like, what's the point in, in right, looking back right. at the right ones? Right. But, uh, it's still, uh, it's still good to, to have some accountability and, and look at our process and, and talk about these 
suggestions that we had because uh, I think after every one of these episodes we're like oh yeah let's let's come back on this in a few weeks and see and see how we did and we don't always do it right yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's hard yeah, to because there's so much that goes on in this in this fun game of ours you know we were just talking off off air uh, about the drama in both of our leagues and it's, it's just it's, it's never ending uh, this game we love so cool to look yeah. back at some of these suggestions and it seems like you know that we, it, Coming off of All-Star break, to me, is like the deep breath before the plunge where it's really your last chance to make lasting changes that can impact your your leagues, your teams, things like that. And then at this stage in the season, it is a good moment and it's a unique moment because we don't have the full end of year season stats. So we can't, you know, assess our bold predictions or talk about the season collectively and talk about you know standouts surprises things like that but at the same time if you're going to do a show about you know what to add what to drop if you're still alive in your in your leagues you are already deep into it and it really comes down to like a one week or two week stream so it just seems like it's a little bit less about longevity and a good opportunity for us to to do some of those fun retrospective shows that aren't as macro as the full season, but a little bit more of, okay, is there anything we can learn next year when we're, when we're in that same time of year, things like that. Cause I know it's not on the rundown, Steve, but even, even uh, ones like, I don't know, when we were looking at strength of schedule, that's a good example of, you know, do some of those guys actually pan out? Like we were yeah, talking about. Like it, how, did we do the, did we have the right process when doing it? Or is it just as simple as go to tank, you know, tankathon and sort by strength of schedule, or do we have to do something a little bit different there? Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's, that's one that comes to mind is like, we talked about how the white Sox have the softest schedule remaining uh, a month and a half ago. And there you have Elvis Andrews hitting three thirty three in the past month. I know Ben Intendi was on a tear for a minute. Oh, yeah. So like things like that, we would never actually look back and say, you know, how did Elvis Andrews do after we recommended them? Because we're talking about the bigger strokes of, you know, the fantasy narrative or script. So um, this is, yeah, it's it's a fun show and it's kind of an, a deja vu in a way because some of the rundown is a lot like what we did six weeks ago, mm-hmm. eight weeks ago. So. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, more generally, Steve, uh, how's it going? Are you still are you still tracking? Most of my my leagues are now uh, dead from the industry standpoint, or the home league where I'm just in third, fourth place. Are you still tuned in, dialed in, or are you? Taking I'm, a I'm break? still dialed in. I'm still dialed in. Okay. My teams aren't doing that well. I, I admittedly should have probably paid more attention to some of the leagues that I was in tighter races in. Um, in that turf industry league, the the world, uh, you know, uh, I sort of fell out of the running there. Probably, mo- uh, you know, half due to my own lack of effort, which is which is sad. Um, I know our dynasty league, like it's kind of over as far as winning it, but we've fell more to the middle of the pack there, um, and probably should both give a little bit more of a collective effort in that league too. Sure. Um, next year. Um, but yeah, I, I've honestly been in tune with my home league, uh, just cause my team has been watching so, it close. So yeah. good and watching the stats there, uh, and just watching baseball in general. So it's been nice, but yeah, like it, 
as far as like sort of circle back to the topic and, and my broader thought about it, but it's so micro in all leagues now, right? Like in head-to-head leagues, it's either the playoffs or even further along in the playoffs that there's not that many teams left. So the waiver wire is a totally different animal and you're just micromanaging to your matchups and like dropping anyone and everyone if you need to. And then for head-to-head, for Roto leagues, like you're micro focusing on just the categories that you could gain ground in or need to defend. So it's a, a totally different type of year. And I think it's a good a type time of year. And I think it's a good time to sort of do stuff like that because once the off season comes like, okay, we recap it and then we start to preview. Like it happens that quickly that there's not really much time to like go back and look at sort of recommendations of that process. So uh, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, and for those tuning in still in your leagues, yeah, go pick up Jordan Lawler who got who got promoted today. So yeah, we'll move we'll move to the actual agenda for the show, and uh, we're gonna kind of break this up into some of our our calls that we hit on, or in other words, they were they were good suggestions, good analysis, and then some of the ones that we missed on, and just keep it kind of loose. Honestly, we'll pull up player pages, talk through kind of our perspective, if anything's changed, long-term, all that good stuff. Uh, And for the most part, these were episodes 110 through 112, where we looked at, are we buying it, the breakout hitters, and is it legit for the pitchers? And then the episode 112 was desperate ads, desperate times call for desperate ads. So uh, the one that we talked about in several shows, Steve, was Nolan Jones, who... I know we were very high on um, initially just because of the prospect pedigree, the fact that he was combining power speed, especially the speed. And of course, the Coors environment is is kind of the eternal tiebreaker. And we, we cited that, that we were overall excited. We threw out Tyler O'Neill comps. I think what really surprised me personally the most, and I know we talked about, was the batting average has been like north of 280 for the season for Nolan Jones. And so, you know, this was all talked about July 27th. And since July 27th, Nolan Jones has hit 291 with an 896 OPS, five homers and six steals in 36 games. So maybe a, a, a slight tick lower uh, on on homers, but the steals are up. Uh, he does it in bunches. He's probably a better roto play because he kind of gets hot and cold. Uh, but the strikeout rate was what we were looking at closely, Steve, and it's ever so slightly improved to just beneath the 30% mark at 29.9%. So yeah, I don't know how much we've learned about Nolan Jones, but I think we're, if anything, seeing that it's even more sticky, that this is kind of sustainable despite the roller coaster we know he's he's going to run a high BABIP. He's going to have power speed. And I think at least my personal thought is that Nolan Jones is still very much worth that kind of volatile flyer with a, a really high ceiling for next year. But talk to me about Nolan Jones since, since we last talked about him. Yeah. Um, I feel like this has been like the Nolan Jones show. Uh, I feel like he's come up on that many episodes maybe because – he was dropped around that time. Um, and we also talked about the Rocky schedule and having a lot of home games that made him attractive. And, you know, just the fact that he's a bit of a polarizing player because he does strike out a lot. 
Um, so there are some underlying red flags. But all in all, I think that if you bought the dip on Nolan Jones in, in July, you're reaping the benefits now. Um, yeah, that, that might be a different shape than just the power, but, I mean, that line is 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 league winning it's a five category stud um yes there's still strikeout concerns but there have been some improvements and if you pull up like his rolling strikeout um chart either on savant or or fan graphs where you can do like a rolling average um he's hovering closer to league average at least he's having some dips where he's striking out you know um, twenty percent of the time over a over a twenty a ten fifteen game period, and his peaks aren't like the forty five percent that it was in uh in 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 middle of June when he was or middle of July when he was being dropped. Uh, the peaks are more at like thirty two percent things like that. Um, so it, it's it's some improvement in the strikeout rate. I know we talked about how. Um, there were a lot of called strikes and that maybe there potentially could be, um, some gain in strikeout rate if he was a bit more, uh, aggressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, over, over, over the, over, over the course of the year, like looking at that rolling cart, it, it tells a story of improvement that you might not see if you just look at the overall, you know, what, 32% strikeout rate on the year. Um, mm-hmm. it's yeah, thir- close to 33%. So there is a bit of a story here where the strikeout rate is improving, um, to like that number that we hope for, like a 28 to 30% strikeout rate. Like that's a huge difference. And that could help him carry over these skills into next year that, you know, I, the more I look at Nolan Jones, the more I'm going to overlook the strikeout rate and, and, and hope that these tools carry over and you get a great fantasy player that plays half his home games at Coors Field. Yeah, and like on kind of the month-by-month splits, it's actually interesting with the the Ks improving a little bit. His chase rate actually did go up in August, but so did the barrel rate. Uh, Mm -hmm. 20% barrel rate in August versus the 12 that it had been sitting at in June and July. So uh, if anything, I think we're just kind of confirming how much of a masher he is and yeah playing in cores certainly helps so yeah nolan jones i think more of the same but if anything we were we were talking about the high babbit on that show steve and saying um i think it was at a 402 at the time and then since then if you run the splits the babbit is at a 405 mm-hmm. so i think it's just what you were saying originally on the show is like he's gonna run a high babbit he hits it hard and he's in cores uh so you know I don't think you can bank on that in next year's drafts, but at least we know that uh, it's not a fluke, right? It's it, it's going to look something higher than the rest of the league average, and you know maybe he's not two eighty five, two ninety, but maybe he's safe to to count on for above two fifty with all that power speed, which is definitely worthwhile. So, anything else uh, to add on Jones there? No, we've talked about him. Plenty. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Well, let's move to Chaz McCormick, kind of a unheralded uh, contributor this season. 
in 94 games this year, a 287 average, 19 homers, 14 stolen bases. Uh, and since we discussed Chaz McCormick and kind of poked holes, we were being critical because, you know, he's a, a late bloomer, so to speak, age 28, and having certainly his best year, breakout year. We kind of pegged him as an outfield three. We talked about how he had kind of a higher floor uh, than, than Jones, and I think Christopher Morell was bunched in with him, but a lower ceiling and, and a little bit of a vanilla pick. But uh, since we talked about him, he's hit at 861 OPS, six homers, three stolen bases, and yeah, it's just been more solid production from McCormick in a really good Astros lineup. Uh what are we thinking here? I mean, is this is this going to be a target next year, or are we thinking we're still skeptical? It depends because, and I, I think we, we voiced some concerns about this, but McCormick's playing time has taken a bit of a hit since Brantley's been back, since Alvarez has needed to DH a little bit. Um, I think he's sat a lot more recently, a lot often recently, um, and, you know, Dusty Baker is sometimes frustrating with that. You know, it took him years to bat Kyle Tucker higher than like sixth in the lineup when he was like a first round fantasy pick, which was just crazy. Um, so yeah, there is a bit of a playing time concern. They have a crowded outfield. Um, they also have like a situation at catcher where they like to get Ian Diaz some DH at bats, and you know they like to play Maldonado for the framing and the fielding and all that. So. There is a bit of playing time that I think if the Astros sort of go in with the clear plan next year that, you know, if Brantley isn't there or if they make another move to sort of free up Maurice, playing time. Yeah, Mauricio yeah. Dubon, Dubon is plays a lot. Yep, stuff. yep, yep. He, he is. So um, I, I like the skills overall and think that he is an underrated and could be a very good fantasy asset. Um just a little bit concerned about their role. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, we talked about how he's above average in a lot of things. I think uh, the K rate at 26% is still a little bit higher than uh, you really want to see there. But, yeah, if, if he were to be guaranteed playing time, which is a big if, I think it's probably safe to, to view him as, like, a 2015 guy. I mean, I guess the only thing is the steals in the past have always been lower. And this year, the 14 has been, you know, triple what he's, what he's ever done in the past. Um, but he's also, he's running more. He, he has 18 attempts on the season. He'll probably end up with high teens on, on steals for the year. So yeah, I, I could see it being a, a value pick le- next year, just because I, you know, that it's not quite he's probably gonna be drafted in a range where you would look for a lot of high ceiling guys and, and upside plays. Um and McCormick could be one that just kinda of continues on with what he's doing. So yeah, I guess more than anything just a note that when he has been playing since we last talked about him, it's looked really, really good and we were skeptical at the time. Uh, has anything changed, Steve, that in, in drafts you're still going to be more interested in Nolan Jones than Chaz McCormick? Yeah, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be a high man on Nolan Jones next year. <laughs> across the industry. But it's, it's maybe a, not across the industry, but you know, I could see myself uh, talking myself into 
grabbing him a few rounds earlier just to ensure I get some shares. Some some bold predictions, perhaps. Oh yeah, I could see it see it written already. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, another one we talked about on the is it legit edition was Cody Bellinger, and this one we had admitted, you know, less actionable given that he's not on waiver wires or anything like that. But where we landed, Steve, in assessing a very strange Bellinger season where he cut the the strikeout rate. Some of the traditional hard-hit metrics didn't look as good, but it kind of felt like a a Chris Bryant type of approach change with the Cubs. Uh, Probably a little lazy analysis there, but it reminded us of just, uh, you know, whether it's Yelich with with weird, you know, plate profile evolution, things like that. Bellinger, where we landed, was we were saying an outfielder too. and yeah, you have to look at since we talked about him, how great Bellinger has been. Uh, three twenty-seven batting average with nine homers, seven steals. Uh, the strikeout rate has further dropped from seventeen percent, which we loved at the time, down to thirteen percent. And yeah, is Cody Bellinger even better than an outfield too? Is the question. What can we What can we expect moving forward? How early is Cody Bellinger going to go in drafts next year? Like, he has the name brand. He ha- he's going to have an amazing line. He's missed a month of the season, right? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, 109 games played compared to the you 130 know, or whatever the, it is. If, if you're really picking nits, you, you kind of could say, oh, well, you know, just 24 homers. But he he got hurt in a time where, like, he was just just stepping into that power um, with this and mixing it with that new approach, right? Like, he had a few... Um, homer binges, right? Where he homered like you know in five or seven games. Um, he's kind of in the middle of that right now already, right? Um, just looking at the splits by month. Um, he had seven homers in April. Didn't homer in May or June, and then had eight in July, five in August, and has three already in September. So. Wow. Four, I think he homered tonight. Homer yeah. tonight. So, um, what is that? That's um, twenty of his, or right? If is a quick math right here. Um, 17, Seventeen. Seventeen of his, of his uh, yeah. twenty-four homers in the second in, the, in since July. Since July. Yeah. That's you know, <laughs> that's a pace that's, that's going to put him closer to thirty-five, forty than the the twenty-four that he's on. Um, the zero homers were in May and June were. You know that was when he hurt. He was hurt. He only played twenty five games in those two months. So, um, yeah, is Cody Bellinger like a borderline first rounder? Wow. Um, well, let's let's look. Let's look here, Steve. So second half. Let's just look at month over month on the the barrel rate. So he actually he had a he had a ten and a half percent barrel rate in April. I don't think he barreled a single ball in May and June. And that was 25 uh, games. So, yes, he was hurt, but he still played 25 games during that time. I, was, did he yeah, have, like, the, a, li- a lingering injury? What, what was his um, his injury? Uh, the in, Yeah, this year the injury was um, a knee contusion okay. in April. So, and so, he didn't go on the, the, I, the IL until June. Is that correct? Uh, it looks like May nineteenth. May nineteenth. Okay, and yeah. then came back, 
probably came back and it was still bothering him once he got healthy. The but the you're power right, the power drought in May, yeah. in May leading up to that might have been related to it. I guess like looking at looking at uh, kind of the the splits on barrel rate. What's discouraging a little bit is that the the barrel rate was still just like a five, a six and a half percent in July, a five and a half percent in August. So you know maybe these are just if he's just yanking these and it's like where's the launch angle? I'm just trying to see if there's been anything that really looks like a drastic. Okay, so hard hit rate. Uh, yeah, in in June, nineteen percent. July thirty four percent, twenty seven percent in August, and thirty five so far, just a week into September. So, I I, I wouldn't go first round, but I think, um, man, the counting stats have been really good too. It'll be age twenty nine season. I don't know, man. I mean, if I were to throw a dart, I think maybe like a third, late third, early fourth. Does that seem late to you? Yeah, I don't think you're getting it if that's the case. Like just based on dollar value alone on the Rasball Player Raider, um, as far as outfielders go, um, it's Acuna, Mookie Betts, Julio Rodriguez, Corbin Carroll, Kyle Tucker, Cody Bellinger. And that's with Cody oh, Bellinger wow. m- missing a month of the season. Um, so he's like outfielder six or seven. Six uh, outfielder six right now. Uh, I, I'm probably not taking him above those guys, but no. But you, you'll still take Soto above Bellinger, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd still take Soto. I still take Tatis. Still take Tatis. Luis Robert. Um, I think I'd go Bellinger there. I might be in the outfield. Oh wow! But I think I'd go Bellinger there. Yeah, I we're, we'll differ on that one. I think I'm going Robert there. Then there's like Adelise Garcia. Bellinger. Randy Rosarena, okay. give me Bellinger. I think I'd take Bellinger over a Rosarena. Uh, Adelise. Oh, yeah, Jordan, I mean, Jordan, that, two, Jordan 2 is above him. That's yeah. another one. So he's so probably, probably like right the around tenth, like the tenth top outfielder. 10. Yeah. yeah, top 10 outfielder, um, which I think is like... End of the second, middle of the third round. Yeah, I mean, when you if you're buying the average, then it's a no brainer. But it's just like we've seen him go from a 300 hitter down to 240 in the past. Granted, Not with this profile, though. Not with this. I guess yeah, his MVP year he didn't strike out that much, but the shape of that MVP year too, like he had 40 homers, like. I think like he had like thirty by like the middle of August, you know. Like uh, there, there was there were many more peaks and valleys in in first round Cody Bellinger season. This seems much more sustainable, um, despite the fact mm-hmm. that like the barrel rate and the hard hit percentage aren't what you want to see. But hey, th- this works for him, and I don't think that I think if you get caught up on that. You might miss out on, um, you know, one of the best hitters in, in baseball. Yeah, I mean the plate skills look look amazing. Um, ugh, I don't know, I don't know. I, I I think I'm still like maybe mid third round. Okay, something. I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I could go second round on Bellinger, but. Um, 
what do you think? Gut instinct? Would you do a back of the second round on Bellinger? Yeah. Yeah, I would probably do back in the second round. That's where I would need to be if I'm like, especially on the turn. If I went like, you know, I don't know. Um, it's hard because a lot of the, the top picks that you would take are, are outfielders too. So you might end up with like, you know, I could see doing a. Um, like, like a move, like, like a Bobby Witt, like a Bob, a, like a Bobby Witt, Alonzo Bellinger, sort of build like that, or you know, Bobby uh, Bobby Witt. Um, I don't think Strider will be be there. Um, if you want to go pitcher, but, but something like that, back end of the pitch, pitcher, second yeah. round pitcher, you know, like uh, Gossman or Gossman Bellinger, yeah, like that's a start that I could talk myself into for sure. And he'll be with. Um... So it's a mutual option with the Cubs. I could, I would be shocked if he doesn't stay. It just seems like yeah, a after great the deadline. Fit. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're loving it, and and that that does make me feel better, just because mm-hmm. I think a change in environment, I would get a little nervous. But mm-hmm. uh, no, that's that's good. Dialogue. He might get a payday though, right? Like some team, like he might not opt into that. Just uh, hey, I'm coming off of this amazing year. Like let me sign my contract. He's going to be. He just turned 28 two months ago. Couldn't you see him going to the Yankees? Uh, Yeah, I I could see that. I could see that for sure. Just the lefty power, the the name. That would be a great fit for them. That would be a great fit. Oh, my God. That's like, even even though I'm scared of the organization and the fans (laughs) and everything, it's like a, a dream to picture picture him there. So, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's Bellinger. Uh, we got one more before break here, Steve. This is, Similar to Bellinger, one that we've we have to assess where he would go in drafts, and it's C.J. Abrams, who I know you were much higher on uh, than I was, and mainly around steals, and and you kind of talked me into it as we went on, on the show, and the steals, and actually Schwebzy brought up Abrams as well. August, since we've talked about him, has been an interesting month because on one hand, he's hitting just 223, or sorry, he hit 223 in August. On the other hand, he stole 13 bases. <laughs> so he is now up to, uh, let's see, is it four? I don't 40. Yeah, 40 he had 30, steals. He had 38 going into the night. Yeah. So a going 245 average, yeah. 15 homers, 40 steals. He, yeah, he had two tonight. Um, and. 68 runs, which is nice. The RBI is not nearly as nice at just, uh, let's see, 52 on the season. So that's to a point where, like, you're taking an L on RBI in terms of, like, he's not five category by any stretch. So C.J. Abrams, Steve, uh, what do we think? Is this, if you got five months of this next year, are you happy with where you drafted him? 223, but just stealing every other night. I, I don't think that this is who he is as a batting average hitter. I think he is, you know, more of what the breakout CJ Abrams is. Like, I don't see him being, you know, this hitter that hit 230 for the first two and a half months of the season. I see him as a guy who's figured it out and is now this 270. 280 hitter that he's been essentially since the start of July, right? Um, in 
It looks a little lower. He, though, he, now he, that he you had, put he it had all 327 together. in July, 223 in August. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been it's been it's been a little bit bit lower, but and the 216 <sighs> in June before that. Yeah, I mean, so it's it, just, you yeah, know. yeah. Maybe it, it it is closer to 250, but um, you know the X stats sort of back that up too. But like he's just been. You know, close to a 300 hitter his whole time in the minors. I have to think that there's some batting average improvement um, just as he matures as a hitter. He is still just 22 years old. He's about to turn 23 next month, so next year will be his age 23 season. Like I am buying every share of CBA. If there's anyone that has batting average concern, um, like that's fine by me. Like. This is, I think, a fantasy superstar in the making. Um, yeah, you got to remind yourself that he's just 22 years yeah. old, um, and the runs you would you would imagine should look better. Um, although he doesn't walk a ton, uh, just four percent. So that's the yeah, Nationals. That's actually... you, you you could see the sort of the framework there with, with some of the players that they have. Like there should mm-hmm. be some improvement. And you know RBIs are a fickle thing, like you know that, uh, that's more situational. I know it's not the greatest situation, but there could be uh, a year where he's better than a zero, um, right? But I- I'm more impressed with the fact that like this guy has 15 homers and 513 yeah. plate appearances, and has been on a pace to steal. Like he's been on a Ruiz pace the last three months with steals. Right, yeah. he he in April he had three steals. In May he had three steals. In June he had three steals. He had three steals the first three months. Then he had sixteen, thirteen. He's got two in September, or four now. Uh, I think counting tonight. So, yeah, uh, this is like Billy Hamilton that could hit for power and for a little bit more average. I think. You know what name was coming to mind for me looking at this profile is Jonathan VR. That that like, kind of that kind of throws a little cold water on it a little bit, I guess. It does, but like I think that's the. I mean, VR had that, that maybe a more, maybe a more year. sustainable Jonathan VR, which is a really good thing. I mean, but that's those are the questions that I have a little bit just on like. Yes, it could look like 19 homers and 60 steals and bat 285, but then you also could get anything in between, which is what I'm nervous about. Like if you look at VR in 2018, a 260 batting average, 14 homers, 35 steals. I could totally see that happening. None Uh, None of the quality of contact or expected stats really jump off the page i mean it is good that he doesn't swing and miss that much or strike out that much but that's true he doesn't strike really out it. as much as vr yeah yeah but like the low barrel rate um obviously the speed yeah it's that's just one that i was thinking of and maybe this is because i've been burnt by a vr in the past mm-hmm. at like that year that he was you know late third round or whatever it was so let's let's shift to that discussion. We were just talking Bellinger. What do you feel? I mean, if he is a f- upside fifty steel guy, 
any somewhere between 10 to 20 homers. The batting average could be anywhere from 240 to 270. Uh, with the Nats, they're not great. Um, does this seem like third round, fourth round? I'm pulling up the the last show's podcast that we did, uh, the dead pull hitter um, draft board. Um, oh yeah, probably yeah, should yeah. probably should have done that uh, <laughs> or put this in our rundown. That's fine. Uh, it's a loose. It's a loose show. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly, exactly. Just to see where these guys went. And before gonna, I have, gonna, it, let me, let, before you before have it pulled up, up, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that he went in the second round. That early? Oh my god! I'm going to guess yeah, he went, he went, to, he went top thirty. Okay, I I, I was going to say forty six overall. Okay, so he went. Oh wow! A little bit later than I thought. Uh, That's good news for you, though. He went in the f- he went in the fifth round. Fifth um, round, and it's a twelve team. Yeah, uh, it was a fifteen teamer. He was the eighth pick in the 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 fifth round. So he went sixty eighth overall, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. was like a couple weeks ago. It was mm-hmm. August twenty third. So okay. During the lull, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's probably okay. a good sign for you if you're targeting him because Matt then he'd McLean definitely be or C.J. Abrams. I just like McLean as a hitter more. Um, yeah, but what about for fantasy? <laughs> I don't know, man. Five by five. Let me let me pull up McLean here. It's been ninety games, sixteen homers, fourteen steals, two ninety. A lot more strikeouts, but he does walk ballpark. I think I think I'm going McLean. Okay, Cedric Mullins or CJ. It's a good one though. Uh. I, I think I like Abrams on the ascent there versus in, in aging Mullins. Um, Mullins went nine picks before him. Uh, or sorry, uh, he went about 20 picks before him. Um, McLean about 25 picks before Abrams. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting debate. Uh, almost a full round, so... Sorry, uh, like 16 picks for, for McLean. Um, nine, nine and honestly, outfield might be more of a priority too than, than short. Yeah. Honestly. That, that, that's fair. I, I don't know. I just think that as we get into draft season, people are going to see this unbelievable steal total with a high teens homer, homer total. And, you know, a batting average that may have been buoyed by one hot month, but – um, a much better batting average in the overall second half than, than than the year, and I think that there's going to be some serious helium with Abrams. Um, Bellinger, for reference, um, went. Did he not possibly not go in those top seven rounds? That would be crazy. No way. 
Um, unless he's listed as a first baseman. No, I don't think he did. But I think if we redid that draft, what? It, it would. Are you doing like it, a command find on? No, I have it up. I have it up. On, I have it up typo? on my phone. I have it up, and it, it's a screenshot of a picture. Um, unless he's listed as a first baseman. Yeah, he might have been. I. Oh yeah, he did. Like... He was listed as first baseman. He went in the sixth round. Um, sixth round. Okay, yeah. so way later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think I like the value on Bellinger. There, Abrams, yes. I feel like the it, soonest yeah. I would probably take Abrams would be like the fourth or fifth, I think. But I, I do agree that there's you're getting Abrams on the rise there at age 22, best season yet, best power output yet. Like you said, he's running at like you know a Billy Hamilton rate right now, so it is very tempting. So that's Abrams, Bellinger, Chaz McCormick, Nolan Jones. Uh, we will get to a few more names that we that we kind of steered in the right direction. But first, we're going to take our ad break, and we'll be right back. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Okay, so Steve, we're running a little long. I want to pair these two together with Haseyung Kim and Bryson Stott. So... I got to start by saying that I think I'm I think I'm changing my tune. Um, I've been fading Stott and admitted on this podcast that I'm overlooking him, that I'm not excited by him. He, like Abrams, has a very low kind of hard hit barrel rate, but the 15.2% K rate is even better than Abrams. The walk rate is a little bit better than Abrams. Um, and... In terms of the production on the season, higher sprint speed ne- too, which is kind of shocking. He's fast. He's got a two ninety four batting average, fourteen homers, twenty seven steals, and the XBA is two seventy five. So this is like the hit tool that we're wish casting on Abrams. You're you're giving up a little bit of speed. I think the power is probably tomato tomato. So I'm just at a point where I think I got to stop pretending that Bryson Stott is not impressive here because he hits to all fields. He doesn't strike out much. He has a really good hit tool and he's running and he's a non-zero in power. Are are we, are you ready to go there with me on Stott or do you still have your doubts? I'm ready to go there too. I've been, I've been a doubter and I've been wrong. Um, I guess maybe we could, we could have lumped this one in and the ones that we were wrong on, 
Um, we, we brought overall. it up. We, we had a similar discussion where we were yeah. like, is it legit? What, what's going on? But yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we were looking at what what he had done in May with the 255 average and thinking that was closer to Stott. And then July was the 337, at 268 in August, but in that month, five home runs. So the power really ticked up. And yeah, I mean, since May, his steals totals five, six in June, five in July, six in August. So yeah, I mean, he should end up this year pretty much being, you know, a, a 2020 or I'm uh, sorry, a 2030 plus guy and hitting close to 300. So yeah, I think Stott is impressive. And then Kim on the other side, not as young, Stott being 25. Kim is, is it age 27? So a little bit older, but he's finally kind of proving the value that we were all hoping for when he came over. Uh, Kim is a little bit lower on the batting average with a 271. 17 homers, 31 steals, caught stealing eight times, so he's definitely running. And yeah, in the month of August, since we last talked, he also is hitting similar clip, 270, eight steals in that time, three homers. So these guys, uh, you know, same position. What do we like at second base between Bryce and Stott? And also your thoughts on Haseon Kim? Super similar, like just profiles overall. It's kind of eerie. Like, not the greatest quality contact metrics, but good sweet spot, good plate discipline. Um, Kim walks a, a lot more, which is helpful, and especially for the steals, too. That's probably why he's got, um, you know, um, a, a lead on him in steals, and he has 31 bases. Um, it's close. It, <laughs> maybe this is a draft this, not that, like Kim or Stott uh, versus Abrams um, next year. Um, although Kim did go pretty high in uh, Kim, the two, Kim the two, is leading two early mock too. draft, he went in the fourth round um, in that in that two early draft. Stop was not drafted in that the, the first seven rounds there. Um, so yeah, leading off, but I don't know. I, I I like Stott's progression overall, like year over year, like improvement in power, improvement in batting average, um, improvement in K rate. Uh, so. It, it, it's just been uh, like I see the path for Stott, and I think you're sort of buying. I could see you, but I, I think Stott's best seasons are ahead of him, whereas Kim might have just had his best season, if that makes sense. Um, and and yeah, I think maybe that there could be um, some room for growth with with power for Stott too, especially since he is a pull fly ball guy. Like his spray chart, all of his home runs are are pulled to. To right field there, and Philly's a great place to hit as opposed to Petco. Um, so I'd lean Stott. I think uh, the ADP are going to be starkly different. I think that that Kim will be higher. But, yeah, uh, I, I'm in on Stott after being out on him for, for so, so long. Um, kind of blinded by a bad Bauer right there. And, like, if you do that with, with Cody Bellinger too, like you would have been on the wrong side of that one there as well. Yeah, and the the batting order is relevant this year, but next year, like, I don't know. How long are they going to keep Schwarber at leadoff? Um, I know he's been hot. It's just so unconventional. Um, I don't know. On on the season, this is – it's unfortunate that Stott is kind of cemented as, like, the number five hitter. Yeah, but that's not like, that bad of a – it's not a – 
you know, in that it's lineup. Good for like, RBIs. Yeah, yeah. It's there's no bad spot in that lineup, really. Yeah, and maybe they they let him run there a little bit more than mm-hmm. if Definitely. you know Bryce Harper was right behind him. So, yeah, I think the draft is not that. It's just depending on ADP because if Kim is going in the fourth round, I I think I'll take the discount on yeah. Stott Agreed. for sure. Agreed. So, yeah. Okay. Um, moving over to pitchers. I mean, the the one, Steve, the one, Cole Reagans, that um, you were you were early on it. You know, the Discord was talking up Cole Reagans, and after the the trade deadline, where Aroldis Chapman and and Cole Reagans moved to Kansas City, when we talked about him. He had 17 innings with the Royals. He had that 11 strikeout outing, and it got our attention to a point where we were like, we got to talk about him on the show. Since then, it's just looked like the league winner, probably the the league-winning story on the pitching side this year. 30 innings pitched. This is since we talked about him on August 10th. 30 innings pitched, a 1.8 ERA, a .90 whip, 36% 36% strikeout rate and a 6% walk rate, uh, which was better because we were talking about how uh, I forget who we paired him with. I think it might have been Silseth that they both had some control issues, but it's looked even better for Reagans. We love the changeup, all good things. Um, yeah, what what can we add on Reagans uh, other than the fact that he is kind of the, the up and up-and-comer breakout that will be a wide-awake sleeper. Yeah, that that's the only thing. It's like, is he going to go so high next year that there's, like, no value to it whatsoever? Um, he's got a really, really tough schedule coming up. His next two starts are at Toronto, then versus Houston. So if, if he, like, continues to do what he does the rest of the year, then, yeah, the, 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 the prob- you're, you're probably not going to – um, get any bit of a discount on him whatsoever. Um, and it may be like getting into a ridiculous where you're drafting as like an SP two already on on just mm-hmm. this just this uh um basically half a season. But if he's anything less than that, like I am going to still be all in on him next year. Basically, as long as he's not in like the top five rounds. Um, anything after I don't, that. I don't I'm, think he I'm will be. In. I feel like if history repeats itself, I feel like he is going to go in the same type of zone that like Shane McClanahan went sure. that one year, yep. that Hunter Green went. Like mm-hmm. It always seems like it's right around like ADP 95 to yep. 110. Yep. Nick Lodolo. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe he'll get pushed up, but yeah, that, that feels like the range, and if it is that range, I'm in. Same. That's that's Shane McClanahan from 2022. But you're saying if it's like pick 60 if overall, it's, if it's like if it's like fifth sh- round, yeah. If it's like I, I don't know, like where I guess Strider went earlier this year. But if, if it's where you, you know, if you're if you're around like you know. Um, what about like a Joe? I know Joe Musgrove like, got in. Like injured. Aaron Nola or Joe Musgrove. If you're in that area, then yeah, I, I might be out um, just because the cost yeah. is so high. But anything else, if he's being drafted as an SB2, SB3 essentially, 
I'm, I'm probably on in. the list. Nick Pollock has him at uh, SP 33. Yeah, this week. That's that. If he's ranked around there and being drafted around there, I'm in. I think he's going to finish higher uh, with health than SP 33. I think he's that good. But uh-huh. um, yeah, we'll we'll see where where the market dictates that price uh, in just a few short weeks here. Yeah, good call out on the matchups too, because I remember when we did talk about him, we were he's taking advantage of some really really good matchups. Like he's faced yeah, White Sox, White Sox. Uh, Pirates. Yeah, I think the the A's were in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at Toronto, it, there was a uh, good, a good Cubs start there too. Uh, the Cubs have been a great offense. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's that's a good one. So Reagan's uh, there, and and yeah, like we said, it's it's one that. Um, Every every analyst will be kind of circling as as the breakout for for next year. You would imagine. So, uh, moving down to a couple lower priority ones, but Ryan Jeffers. I know we had kind of the catcher mm-hmm. pairing, Steve, when we talked about Freddie Fermin. Ryan Jeffers, Fermin, the strikeout rates kind of ticked up. Uh, it's been okay, but not noteworthy. Jeffers, on the other hand, uh, has had a has had a really good power. August, I think he's got uh, right in front of me. I think it's five homers in August. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know Jeffers was originally your guy. What are you kind of seeing here with, you know, you, you liked him to begin with, and and now he's done nothing to change that. He's actually bolstered it, really. I, the, the raw power looks great. But, in yeah, in August, a 246 average and 876 OPS with five homers, 14 RBIs. Uh what do we think on Jeffers here? Some fringy catcher one? Yeah, I think possibly? Jeffers is a is a really good catcher one, you know, back end catcher one target that is a, a great source of power. Like whenever he's been healthy, the last two years at least, he's just barreled up the ball. That's that's what he's done. Yeah, there's there's a really high strikeout rate, um, and he's probably not a um a two sixty two sixty nine hitter. Um, it's probably closer to the XBA of 220, but that's you know that's that's Cal Raleigh, and Cal Raleigh's been a good catcher over the last two years. Um, Jeffers Barrow last year was 13.2 percent. This year it's 11.3 percent. So good stuff. Um, a lot of power, and I think that he's coming into his age 26 season and could kind of be slept on because he's missed some time and. Um, if the Twins go into it next year with, with him as the clear-cut catcher one, which I think they should, um, there could be some sneaky fantasy value. And especially great in, in two C leagues, like if Ryan Jeffers is your second catcher, I think that's a, a great yeah. spot to be in. Yeah, uh, it's a good NFBC one mm-hmm. um, for sure. I think best ball as well with a, a guy who, who gets hot like that I think is, is a good one. Um, and then the last, the last one in this bunch that we got is Davis Schneider, who at the time when we brought him up, it was kind of this, who the heck is this guy? Mm-hmm. He had the grand slam, I believe. And then he cooled off considerably probably cause I added him, and he went like, Oh, for 20 or something like that. And recently uh, a nice little bounce back for Davis Schneider, uh, where he has hit safely in the last 11 games that he started, and the barrel rate is now at 21%, which I know is small sample size, just 42 <laughs> batted balls. But, like, we we talked about a Brandon Drury type of comp. And um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Closer to a stabilization point, man. 50, point, 50 batted balls is the... Uh, is where you want to hit, right? XBA. Yeah, so now <laughs> he's got... 425X Woba, like, you know, on the new Savant sliders, like, you know, it's grayed out if they if they don't qualify, but it that's like 100th percentile. Same with the X slug at 586. So crazy, yeah, crazy so this stuff. Is, I guess we own the actual stat line. In 20 games, seven home runs, a 385 batting average, and a 1358 OPS. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you... If you counted on uh, 140 game pace there, uh, he'd be at 49 home <laughs> runs. So this is Davis Schneider. I think we gotta walk down expectations a little bit. Um, but where? I mean, where is he hitting in the lineup? And is he playing? Every I mean, day? different games where he's played third, started hit third. Yeah, he's he's hitting third. Like. Uh, I don't know. I think this might be something to at least pay attention to um, mm-hmm. for next year. And it's kind of like a microcosm of just the season, right? Like this guy starts off hot, then has a cold streak and doesn't play, then comes back and is hot again. Like if you in April, like if you added him for the hot streak, then dropped him. Like now, now this is when you know your rival added him and is now reaping all the benefits. It kind of is right. funny how this. Is a microcosm of you know maybe be a little bit more patient with those those sort of guys in the in the beginning of the season, but great story. I mean, uh, he was so so good in in, in the minors this year, um, and I think there there might be more real than just uh, an end of season hot streak. Definitely something I'm going to pay attention to and and try to grab if he's at a super late price and late rounds next year. Uh, but if he keeps this up, maybe he is going to um, yeah. chew it up some draft boards. It kind of feels like, and I know it's a, it's a smaller sample size, so it won't be as uh, priced up in the draft rooms, but Joey Manessis a little bit, just in terms yeah. of the yeah. how excited everyone was, and it was like, wait, who? I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like he'll be one that you could probably get kind of right around that like pick 200 and beyond next year um and it's not a bad it's not a bad uh dart throw here i mean if he's if he's still hitting third it'll be even pricier than that um but yeah he's he's yet another one that like we saw it we said let's keep an eye on what he's doing and then when you look at august and you see yeah he rounded out with six homers and a 1420 ops like yeah until he cools off i think he has to have our attention for just 24 years old for davis schneider so uh we will get to uh, a recap of some of our misses steve and and hold up the accountability there but we're going to take our second ad break and we'll be right back when it comes to weight management we tend to put our focus on what we eat but noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat and that's a game changer noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 
98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Okay, so Steve, a little less fun on, on this section, but um, talking some of the guys that, that we, you know, either you or I or both, we're excited about that have not gone as well. And uh, Mickey Moniak is one name on that list to start us off. He hit, he hit 300 in May, uh, or over 300 in May, June, and July. Um, I know we were waiting for kind of the sky to fall, and it did in August, He where he's just had a 202 batting average. Um, and yeah, like for the most part, it's the strikeouts that are the issue. Um, is this just you know, reality setting in, or do you think there's still long-term uh, a, a good hitter in this profile here? I think this is a bit of the reality setting in. Like, the writing was on the wall with the past strikeout rates, um, even though he has improved it a little bit this year. It's still at 35%. Um, and I don't think he has, like, the raw power and just overall – hit tool despite a high strikeout rate that, that Nolan Jones has. So, um, yeah, it, it's a bit of a cautionary tale. He's still barring up the ball, so I think could be a good late-round dart for a power-speed combo, um, but I don't think he'll hit close to the 280 again that he he's at this year where it's just been a, in a nosedive since that uh, that those first three months of the season. So, um a bit of a cautionary tale with the with the plate skills, like the chase rate, whiff rate, K rate, walk rate are all bottom percentiles of the league. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, those are important stats too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like you said, the, the K rate the past two seasons, 43%, 39%, and he's got it down-ish mm-hmm. to 35%. But, yeah, the, you're right. The max EV doesn't, like, jump off or anything like that so Moniak he's still young if he makes uh improvements with the the plate discipline is where it's got to start and then from there uh there could be a player here because yeah power speed's not bad so that is Moniak uh Andrew Abbott was one that's again it's like you know prospect growth certainly pitching growth is not linear and he came up he didn't have the the strikeouts that he had in the minors, and then he, he was showing all the results that were kind of confusing. And here we go in August. We're saying let's pay close attention to what happens the rest of the way. I think at one point in time he was like looked at as like a top thirty five SP, where he would be like an SP two or three. And in August, he's had a 6.08 ERA with a 173 whip. Um, so not good at all. On the bright side, the best strikeout percent of the season he had in August. So, again, uh, interesting use case. I don't know if we're going to stay away, Steve, with the ballpark, with the age, but his season line will kind of mask this because he's still got a 3.22 ERA and a 120 whip. Are you kind of scooting away from any Andrew Abbott shares in the off season, or do you think this is all kind of part of the growth process for him? I'm really, really torn uh, on what to do with, with Andrew Abbott. Um, Same. 
you know the the walk rate is a little bit high um the k rates are are encouraging um gives up a good amount of, of hard hits but like you know the era estimators are good the xba is good i know that's not the greatest stat to look at for um for for pitchers but the chase and whiff percentage are, are kind of middling. It's it's I'm a very very opponents. confusing profile for me. I do not know what to do with Andrew Abbott next year. So in August he gave up six earned to the Nationals. He gave up two earned against the Pirates, two earned against the Guardians, three earned against the Angels, and three earned against the Giants. So it's not the toughest schedule, mm-hmm. honestly. I, I think that's yeah, the fact it, that. It's a questionable profile, and the fact that he pitches half his games in Cincinnati is enough for me to be out. Yeah, uh, if he was if he was around late enough to be like an SP sure five, mm-hmm. I would be in. Like where he Nick talks be. about the four for floor and then throw the darts. Unfortunately, I think he you'll probably have to draft him in that you know four for floor like top 130 range and I think that's going to be too pricey for me. So yeah, I think I'll agree. probably be out. But it is encouraging that in his most recent start against the Cubs, he went 6 and a third with five strikeouts. So the K's went back down, but just one earned run um and only two walks in that outing. So man, kind of a conundrum. I mean, I guess on the bright side is we're seeing him do good things at different times. So and like if this is can, his lumps, like if this is the growth pain or the the growing pains, right? Like that's a good thing. Like we talk about that. Yeah, all, and all I mean, time with pitchers. there is something to be said about the fact that we know he has stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if if he can pair that, improve the the walk rate. Like I do think he's the upside is there, and you can see the path forward. The bad side is. The ballpark and the walk rate and potentially the walk the, rate. The yes. Runs. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's Abbott. Uh, more, more head scratchers. Um, Tyler Wells, Steve, and, and, and also Chase Silseth. We had on our list of, of kind of pitchers to watch Silseth uh, with the injury and Wells. Uh, Never even got really called back up. Right. Tyler Wells. Right. And we were, we were kind of wondering what was going on there because they they kind of yanked. I know he had a few rough starts in July, but pre All Star break, a three eighteen ERA and a point nine three WHIP with a strikeout per inning. So this one is just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, we can say it's a miss from opportunity, but I'll be pretty interested to see what happens with Wells. Like, are the Orioles just going to? I want to peek at what his like contract situation is. Because if they're just moving on, he could be a really interesting pitcher in a new environment. Um, let's see. Arbitration eligible in 2024. Age 29, though. Like, it's kind of, you know, I you're could in see, you're I could see. I could see him uh, being moved, considering uh, the, the Orioles... You know, yeah, they still got as Hall a, as and Grayson yeah, Rodriguez. Yeah, as a all part of a stuff. package to upgrade their pitching. Um, yeah, maybe trading a hitting prospect and then Wells, if someone likes him, 
for uh, a starter upgrade. So yeah, that that that's potential. But yeah, the fact that they must know something. Like there must be something going on with with what they wanted to work on that never came to fruition. Um, At least recently, arm, there's yeah. been arm arm fatigue down arm in fatigue AAA too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that that's probably part of it. Yeah, so for sure. Yep, that's another one. Uh, all right, Steve Christopher Morell. We can spend a little bit of time on this one because we had him paired with Bellinger and Chaz McCormick. We were kind of looking at those three, saying how would you rank them, all that stuff. And Morell has kind of, in his own roller coaster way, we've seen the dip of the roller coaster, and the K rate has been thirty seven percent in both July and in August. Uh, but yeah, he's. He's having one of those kind of what goes up, what must come down type of moments here. Do you weather the storm? Is it best ball only for Morel? Because in August he's hitting one or he hit one forty nine, and in September it's been two fourteen so far. Yeah, it gets so bad with him that the Cubs don't play him. Like he sat, I think, three of the last five games. Um, I know he had like a big pinch hit home run on, on Tuesday night, but. Um, he's not a great fielder, so like when he has a, a stretch like that, um, he sits. And the fact that like the Cubs are good now, it's not like last year where they could just run him out and you know say go get him. Um, they're right. actually playing for something. So when he's in a, a slump like that, like you know there was a a stretch of the season where Morel was like, it felt like he homered like every single night. And mm-hmm. I know it's a, it's been a good year, but he's only had 20 homers. So outside of that stretch, there hasn't been that much. Um, so uh, it, it, yeah, it's just tough. one month. I, I think it's yeah, I think tenth. it's just a bus, a baseball play. And I think that you know I was talking myself into like, hey, he he did this last year. He adjusted, got set down, never adjusted back. This year he did it again. They adjusted, had slumped, and he came back and was hot again. But now this is happening again, and it seems like a bigger slump than than he had in uh, the first half of the season too. So it, it, it's it's hard. Like there's going to be stretches where Morel is number one ranked player, like like he was like <laughs> right. you know for two weeks this year. But um, I guess until I see it at a much more consistent basis. It's hard to to put any stock in, in him being a, a full six month asset. Um, maybe that changes. Maybe maybe um, maybe there's some you know you, you see the growth a little bit year over year, um, but the the downs are so bad that it's hard to to you know you know it, it's hard to not drop him <laughs> right and. and in these stretches like he had in August and, and now through September, through the first week of September. Yeah, no, that's a good assessment. I mean, he he does walk uh, a lot more than you would think with a 33% K rate. Yeah. Um, the barrel rate at 15%, like I think I'd probably speak for both of us that as soon as he's just 24 years old, it's pretty obvious what he needs to improve on with just the, the chase rate, the contact rate. If... The Cubs, if we have any rumors of, uh, you know, a swing change or an approach change or anything like that, the upside is so high with just the raw power, despite, you know, being 145 pounds, 
that no barrel way that's right right i know that's what it's listed on some 145 pounds it's crazy yeah i mean it's just like to, to have that much power with that frame it's <laughs> like um yeah i i guess all that to be said is he's one that i'm going to be a sucker for as well if if we hear anything but until then the valleys are too low so yeah i think lesson learned there that like a mccormick steady eddie has been much more productive than morell who we kind of had them ranked i think mm-hmm. nolan jones nolan jones morell and then mccormick yeah uh when we did this exercise mccormick so. uh hit a pinch at homer tonight 20 on the year so far now tied with morell yeah, there you go there you go uh, the last one, uh, not of much note, but we had Bryce Terang. We were kind of squinting and saying, "Is you know, he started really hot, then he had a decent run before we were looking at the the is it legit chart." So in 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 August, uh, it's just been mediocrity, really. Uh, I guess the six steals are pretty nice. Um, yeah, for Bryce Terang, but yeah, five ninety four so, OPS though uh, is you know borderline. Not in the majors. Yeah. In I think Terang had like two nice weeks, and it just happened to be that we talked about him after both those times that he had two nice <laughs> right. weeks this year. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, swinging a miss there for us. Yep. Okay. Well, that rounds us out, guys. Uh, just a little recap show. We will uh, still be doing once a week through the rest of the season. I know we just got a couple more episodes before we can do kind of full season reviews uh kind of our our bold predictions recap some award uh award-esque shows on most surprising things like that and uh will be a lot of fun and before long we'll be into full off-season mode looking at next season's adp too early mock draft all that good stuff uh but that rounds us out for episode 116 uh, as always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Wins Above Pod. I'm at Van underscore Verified. Steve is at Stav8818. Thanks for talking baseball with us, guys. Thanks, guys. Good luck down the home stretch.